I recently did a video interview with Tucker Carlson biographer Chadwick Moore. In the interview, he tells what Fox News really did to Tucker, along with a lot of other stuff. The audio is coming up. By the way, I apologize for not having given you an audio podcast recently. The video process has been very time-consuming. A friend of mine who has years in the entertainment industry warned me that unless I had some interns to help me with the video production process in-house, this would be much more time-consuming than producing audio podcasts. Boy, was he ever right. If you know of a young person who is interested in getting his foot in the door of video production, please have him contact us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. If you'd like to actually watch this video interview, just go to the Doc Washburn Show page at YouTube or Rumble.com. Thank you. And now, here's the audio. Hi, welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. Before I introduce our guest, I want to say a few words about the subject of his new book, Tucker Carlson. A few months ago, before Fox News took him off the air, Tucker did an interview on a podcast hosted by someone who goes by the name Chief Nerd. On it, Tucker said, the revelation that's changed my life is that the media are part of the control apparatus. Their job is not to inform you. They are working for the small group of people who actually run the world. They are their servants. They are their Praetorian guard. And we should treat them with maximum contempt because they have earned it. Now, if you consume cable news and you realize we are being conned about Ukraine, the vaccine, the transgender issue, election integrity, January 6th, and other important issues, you have one man to thank, and that's Tucker Carlson. Where so many others chose to just go along to get along, Tucker insisted on doing whatever he could to get the truth out. Now, all too often, he was a lone voice crying in the wilderness, and I've come to the conclusion that eventually that was probably why he was, why he was silenced. Our guest today is Chadwick Moore. He is an author, journalist, and contributing editor of The Spectator. He was a regular guest on Tucker Carlson Tonight on the Fox News Channel, including appearing on the final episode. His new book, Tucker, a biography of Tucker Carlson, is available for pre-order now at TuckerTheBook.com. Mr. Moore, welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. How are you today? Hey, Doc. Thank you for having me on. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. Now, I think I speak for millions of Americans in saying I can't wait for your biography of Tucker Carlson to be released here in a few weeks. You were given unprecedented access to Tucker and a lot of people around him. You conducted over 100 hours of interviews. So would it be reasonable for us to surmise that we Tucker fans will be treated to some bombshells when the Tucker biography is released? Well, I hope you're treated to an inside look to who he is and what his life is like and who he is off camera and uh, just, you know, his entire background, who his mentors are, his family. Um, you know, I wanted to keep it, you know, when we first started writing it, we, we started going in more of a topical direction. And yeah. then we realized that we wanted to make this book uh, have a longer shelf life. We wanted it to be have a more of a lasting story and wanted to just really get dissect who this person is and where he came from and what his life has been like. Uh, and uh, we were basically done with the book. Uh, I was done with it uh, May 31st. I'm sorry, March 31st is when I submitted my manuscript. We were just sort of going through it, editing it. I had a few more questions for Tucker. And then, of course, his show got taken off the air. 
so we've since um, pushed it back to July. You can pre-order it now at tuckerthebook.com, but it's going to be released in July. And I updated it with, with the news and, and uh, what he's been going through and how he's reacted to it, added a few more chapters, and, of course, adjusted the rest of the book to, uh, to fit uh, properly into the, the, the time context now. You know, speaking of, of getting to know him and his family and that sort of thing, there was a viral video a few years ago of a guy who came upon Tucker out fishing somewhere. He started talking to him, and Tucker just seemed like a normal guy, uh, just the kind of guy that you enjoy sitting down and having a cup of coffee and, and a hoagie with. He wasn't one of these, oh, I'm a star, get away from me kind of, kind of people that you run into so often. Uh, from people who've made a lot of money being on television or in Hollywood. Uh, was that your experience? Oh, 100%. And if you know people who work in cable news, especially if you've met a lot of them, this might surprise your audience, but they tend to be kind of jerks who are full of themselves. I mean, I know that's shocking. But with Tucker Carlson, it, what, it was never like that, to be honest. And, you know, anyone who's met him, that, I think that video that people saw, I, I know the one you're talking about. Um, he was in Central Park. So you can imagine this sort of crazy lefty who was trying to make him look bad. They wanted him to react. Um, That video is a pretty honest depiction of who he is in person. Even liberals who've met him in real life can see that. You know, they hate to concede that, but they will say, like, yeah, he's actually a nice guy. Um, And I I certainly had that experience with him, as well as hilarious. He's a really, really funny and engaging guy. Uh, He really feeds off conversation. He really feeds off being around other people. And, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why he's so good at his job. Yeah. So Monday, uh, Monday, April 24th, I had Fox News on as I was trying to get ready for some stuff. And Harris Faulkner all of a sudden comes on and makes this little announcement about how uh, Tucker and Fox News have uh, agreed to a parting of the ways. And we appreciate all that he has done as a, a host, as a contributor before that. And I'm just totally stunned, totally shocked. Um, ordinarily, he's the most watched show on Fox News. Every once in a while, the five will, uh, you know, have better ratings, but usually he's the most watched show. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe this. So Friday, April 21st, his last show, you guys didn't have any idea it was going to be his last show, right? Oh, absolutely not. Um, I was on the show. We, we had some laughs. And um, it's funny because it was <laughs> – the whole story is that that Thursday was when I was supposed to have my last call with Tucker to kind of tie up some loose ends and ask some questions. And uh, he had a flight that was delayed. He texted me and said, uh, can we push it back to next week? I'm so sorry. I'm stuck at the airport or something. And I said, sure, I'll text you on Monday and we can reschedule. And then Monday this happens. And he um, so when I finally got to speak to him afterwards, you know, he said that that Monday morning he woke up early and, and wrote his monologue that Monday morning, which is unusual for him. Usually he is writing later in the day. Uh, when I was profiling him and trailing him, I would see that sometimes at 7.55 p.m. he was still writing his monologue and then rushing off to the studio. But that Monday morning he had woke up. He had a lot of things on his mind. He wrote his monologue, sent it off to his producers, and at about 11 a.m., uh, Suzanne Scott, who's the president of Fox News, called him and said, we're taking your show off the air. Thank you very much. Goodbye. At the same time, two other Fox executives called uh, Tucker's executive producer, Justin Wells, who was in New York. Tucker was in Florida and told him the same thing. So it was a coordinated hit job from the Fox executives. To this day, they have still not given Tucker a reason, an official reason. 
And he's been left to speculate ever since. And uh, that first time I talked to him, he was um, confused and shocked, like like millions of people in this country were. Uh, but he wasn't, you know, down and depressed. He was still his kind of usual upbeat self. Um, you know, he has very high self-esteem. And he had said to me, you know, it's not like I had to go to rehab or was caught sleeping with the makeup girl or something. He said, I know I didn't do anything wrong, so how can I feel badly about this? I know that this was forces that were outside of me that made this happen. Um, And so I can't feel bad. I can't, like, beat myself up, and I'm not. Well, if he's caught an inappropriate relationship with the makeup girl, he might still have his job. But that, that's (laughs) (laughs) true. Yeah. Uh, Uh, So, well, now this goes back to how interesting it is about how the media covered him being taken off the air. Because I remember one account that said, well, uh, it was Rupert Murdoch's decision and his son Lachlan was the guy who pulled the trigger. But obviously, you know what happened to the extent that, that Tucker, anybody knows what happens. No, no, it was a CEO, um, Suzanne Scott, who called him. So she basically told him, hey, thanks, we're taking you off the air. And if I understand you correctly, of course, he's going to want to ask why. And she's like, no, got to run. Is that basically what happened? That's basically what happened. Uh, they wouldn't. She wouldn't give him an explanation. Now, she is obviously taking marching orders from someone above her on the news court board or one of the one of the Murdochs. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly who made that um, definitive call, but I do know that what I've heard from people about what happened, but they just left him to speculate. You know, he's still, as we're talking right now, he's still an employee of Fox news and he uh, is still getting a paycheck. He's being paid to not have a show. They're paying him to be silent basically. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I wanted to ask you about that because when I've been talking about this, either on my podcast, because I did a whole podcast about um, what does Tucker Carlson have to do with the 60 Minutes whitewash of Ray Epps, and I reminded everybody what Tucker had said on that um, uh, Chief Nerd podcast a few months earlier, and I'm like, here's the perfect example, you know, and I just went through piece by piece 62 different, uh, you know, audio clips, and I'm still doing an audio podcast of what 60 Minutes did, and I'm like, now now listen to what they just said. Listen to how they parsed their words and, and all this kind of stuff. But it, it, anyway, um I've, I've been careful not to use the word fired because when Fox is still giving Tucker a paycheck and a hefty one at that, he obviously hasn't been fired. They just took him off the air. Why do you think most journalists insist on using the word fired when obviously he's still getting a paycheck and it seems pretty obvious that Fox News wants to continue paying him until January 2025 to keep him from commenting on the upcoming election and, and whatever else is out there. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I've even slipped up and said fired in the past uh, because it just kind of in your head, it's in the zeitgeist, but you have um, print journalists who can read their words before they say them out loud and don't slip up and say fired, who are still saying fired. Right. Um, and maybe I think it's just, to, it, it's one of those like subtle ways, especially when you work in media and I used to work in liberal media. So I know how they operate that sure. you just, words, the way you can just twist a word and put an idea out there has so much more connotation. So it, when you say he was fired, it's like, well, he did something bad. You know, he crossed the line, uh, which is not what happened at all. Uh, and, uh, but people are still saying that, that uh, in a way, and you know what, 
the thing that he said to me, he, he was very um, gracious about Fox uh, when I talked to him afterwards, and he had nothing negative to say. He doesn't have vengeance in his heart, which I think speaks to his character. But he was hurt that Fox had immediately begun to slander him to the New York Times and say that the reason he was fired, again, he's not fired, you think Fox would know that more than anyone, was because of racist text messages he sent, and the text message they're referring to was not racist at all. Um, so he said to me, you know, I just think that's really crappy that they would kick me on the way out like that. I never said anything bad about them, and I don't understand why they're doing that to me. You know, that was sort of the only thing he had to say about Fox that wasn't that wasn't gracious in a way that he was thankful that they had, um, that the Murdochs particularly had let him speak his mind on his program, particularly when he starkly disagreed with them, uh, primarily with Ukraine, because the Murdochs are big Zelensky guys, and Tucker's obviously not. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, Megyn Kelly on her podcast has said, um, you know, if whatever he chooses to do, if Fox News says, hey, wait a minute, you're breaking your non-compete or whatever, Megyn Kelly on her podcast, and, you know, she was on Fox for a long time. She kind of knows how things work there. She's like, they can't fire him. I mean, they're not. I'm sorry, not they can't fire him. They can't sue him because then his attorneys get depositions and the discovery is just going to be something that they don't want to deal with because network executives aren't journalists. So they can't say, well, you know, I can't give up my sources. They would have to turn over emails and, and all this kind of stuff. So it's almost as if, um, they didn't really think this through before they did it, right? Well, that would not surprise me, and I'll tell you why. But uh, with I, I trust Megyn Kelly on this stuff immensely because not only has she been through it with Fox, I think she's a, a, an attorney also. Um, yeah. So she knows about this stuff way more than I do. Uh, and so I, I believe she knows what she's talking about here. Um, what my sources told me, because, you know, obviously Tucker um, announced he's going to do a show on Twitter. And although I haven't seen Tucker's contract, my sources told me that Fox didn't have the foresight to include Twitter in their non-compete because they never thought Twitter would be a competitor. So that's why he's able to do that. Um, but with, with um, what you were saying with the executives didn't think this ahead, everyone I've spoken to, uh, even before we announced the book and now after announce, announced the book, I've been on a lot of um, ex-Fox people's programs and people who are still at Fox, people who used to be at Fox all tell me the same thing. And they say management is completely stupid. And it, everything, and when I say why, you know, the, the obvious question is for whatever reason they took a show off, why would they sacrifice their number one host and their ratings juggernaut for this? And everyone says to me, they are dumb. They don't understand their audience. And they still think that they're the Fox News of 20 years ago, which is an indestructible force in broadcasting. They still think that the Fox brand is what matters and not individual personalities. And to be fair, I think for everyone on the network, except for, for Tucker and possibly Gutfeld, that is true. There's a lot of interchangeable faces. If someone goes off the air and they replace it with someone else, no one cares or do they notice. They sincerely thought that would be the case with Tucker Carlson. They figured they did it with Megyn Kelly. They did it with Bill O'Reilly. They did it with Lou Dobbs. And Tucker might have great numbers, but it's because he's a Fox guy, not because he's Tucker Carlson. What they failed to realize is that Tucker's brand is bigger, as big, if not bigger, than the entire network. And yeah. I think that they're realizing that right now. Man, you must have ESPN, too. You're reading my mind. I had a question. 
not not just Fox News executives, but the first few days after Tucker's show was canceled, a lot of media reporters were saying, well, look, it's Fox. They recover from losing Bill O'Reilly, Megyn Kelly. This will be no different because it's Fox. So not just Fox News executives, but a lot of media reporters didn't really understand it's different this time, right? Yeah, isn't that, it's such a microcosm of everything we hate about this country, and it's this fishbowl mentality. Every media reporter lives in the same fishbowl as all the anchors at Fox and all the executives, and they don't look at and they're all here in Manhattan, and they don't look around and see anything. It's the same as Beltway, the Washington Beltway. So you have these people who their job is to cover media. You think they would understand this better, but they don't because they only associate with other people in that tiny little world that, by the way, increasingly irrelevant world. Uh, nobody, I think that Tucker has, I think Tucker artificially extended the life and relevancy of cable news all on his own, not just the Fox, but the entire cable news industry, which yeah. probably should have really gone away, should not have, have, have lived as long as it has. Yeah. Well, talk about this fishbowl mentality. Now, it's not just the media. It's also politicians. How often have you heard somebody on cable news or uh, a politician, whether on cable news or speaking from the floor of the Senate or the House, say something like, Americans realize or Americans are sick and tired of, okay? And then Jesse Waters sends his producer out and will show people on a sidewalk in New York a picture of Mike Pence, and they don't know who it is. Um, my next-door neighbor. I've never heard of Vince Foster. Uh, when I mentioned Jeffrey Epstein, he said, now that name sounds familiar, but really didn't have any idea. And so people are in their own little bubble, and they don't realize, no, most Americans have no idea what you're talking about. And it it, it always amazes me that whether it's people on cable news or politicians, they seem to think everybody is aware of what they're aware of. And then uh, the opposite side of that coin is I remember when Lindsey Graham uh, was running for uh, re-election. He had a bunch of Republican primary opponents in 2014, and he was doing a campaign event, I think, at a restaurant outside uh, overlooking the sea and in, in somewhere around Charleston, somebody brought up Common Core, which was a pretty big issue at the time. People were upset with this curriculum uh, in, in public schools. They're fighting against it. He had no idea what they were talking about. So, I mean, there's a real disconnect with politics and with media, right? Yeah, and 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 it, politics and media also in so many ways being one and the same. And yeah. I think that one of the reasons why um, – Tucker Carlson's show being pulled off the air was so devastating and felt like a death for so many people. Not only was he appointment viewing, you know, people really organized their evenings around that TV show. But I think, uh, you know, nobody, nobody doubts the fact that Tucker won't be back and won't be unleashed and wherever he ends up. Uh, but um, I think the reason why it felt sort of like a death is because it was the death of that perspective in the official discourse. You know, the official discourse being cable news, legacy media, mainstream media. He was singular. His opinions and his views that were against the, the uniparty and really took them to task was singular in that. And I think a lot of people realize that our leaders, people like Lindsey Graham, really don't care what's happening on Twitter. They don't care what's happening on podcasts and on radio. They, Even though that's where most people get their news and opinion from shows like yours and from social media. But it's 
the leaders just care because they're all vain, you know, and they don't like prestige. They only care what's happening on cable news and they care what's happening in the New York Times. So I think that that's really the most upsetting part is that now it'll be easy for Washington to look at Tucker Carlson as just some weirdo on the internet and not someone that they need to listen to because he really did have their ear when he was on cable. And Republicans were, Democrats hated Tucker Carlson, but Republicans were scared of him. And that is what I think it was most important. Yeah, rightly so. Hey, honey, I think we figured out who uh, uh, Carly Simon was talking about on that You're So Vain so- Sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't deserve that. You're too kind. I'll be here all week. I'm really <laughs> One of the funniest things I think I ever saw Tucker do, it was some months back at the end of his show, and he was talking about the fact that, again, Lindsey Graham had voted for all of these hyper-radical um, judges that Joe Biden was trying to get on federal courts and he didn't want to talk about it, and he certainly wouldn't come on Tucker Carlson's show, but he'll come on other oh, yeah. shows. And now here's the great Sean Hannity. Who's <laughs> gonna- <laughs> and Sean looks up and says, oh, I'm sorry, Tucker, what was that? I, I wasn't listening. And so you're like, okay. I-, I don't know if you want to talk about Tucker and Sean, but I just thought Tucker made a good point and. You know, Sean didn't know how to deal with it because Sean keeps on having all these people on and 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 insisting they're they're conservatives like Dr. Ross, uh, pro abortion, pro transgender surgery on minors, uh, pro gun control, and Sean has him on over and over again. Oh, you're you're a conservative before Trump endorses him, and that must be maddening for people like Tucker. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean. I couldn't get Tucker to say anything about Sean, but I did get some of his producers to tell me some fun Sean stories. And there's one in the book that I particularly love that's really hilarious, but I don't want to spoil it. Um, but you, but you could sense the tension between their shows. And I would always pay attention to, especially when uh, the Ukraine war broke out, they stopped the handoff, you know, like the, the handoff they do, the chummy thing. Um, so there was obviously tension between the, the content on the shows. If I'm, if I mean, I've never met Sean Handy. I don't know him. I've never watched his show unless it just happened to be on, but I know obviously what it's about. Uh, but if I mean generous to Sean, I would say that his, his, his show is politics. So it's a sort of Republican party, Democrat party thing. Whereas Tucker's show was way more about spirit, uh, culture. Um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, anything you can drive from that. I mean, he, he talked about spiritual things on his show. He's talking about aesthetic things on his show as well as politics and corruption. Um, but the, the difference between those two programmings and then, of course, it reflected in the ratings couldn't be couldn't be more stark. And I don't really know who cares what the official Republican Party line is on things. Uh, but if you do, you go to, to Sean Handy's show. And if you wanted someone who wanted to call out both sides, you would go to Tucker's show. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's more coming up from our interview with Tucker Carlson biographer Chadwick Moore in just a moment on The Doc Washburn Show. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. 
Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase a vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for 5 or 6 weeks every spring all my life and migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines went away for good. Whatever malady you're suffering from, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped so many people I know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, TurnMyPowerOn.com. Click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You, and I sure hope you can. Mike Lindell says because of your amazing support for MyPillow 2.0, he's expanded MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. So he's clearing out his percale bed sheets by giving them to you at closeout prices. King-size percale bed sheets, only $39 a set. Queen-size, only $35 a set. Full size, $29, and twin size, just $25. Use promo code DWS to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime offer. Right now, Mike's biggest My Slippers closeout sale ever is on. Get Mike's all-season My Slippers and Sandals at clearance prices. Mike's all-season Moccasin Slippers are just $25. Mike's My Slippers Sandals are just $19.50. They're both made with Mike's patented impact gel that absorbs and relieves pressure so you can comfortably wear them all day long. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Remember, DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. Okay, now we return to our conversation with Tucker Carlson biographer Chadwick Moore. Now, Dominion's attorneys released a statement claiming that they didn't insist, that's a word they use, they didn't insist on Tucker being fired, but certainly that doesn't mean they weren't happy with what was done to him. Pfizer and BlackRock were probably also pleased, don't you think? Well, What's also interesting in that statement, they did not insist on him being fired. He's not fired. So perhaps they are telling the truth that they did not insist on him being fired. I believe that because he still has a job. Uh, and um, I, I can imagine there are 
many, many people in corporations and in Washington, if there is a divide between the two at this point, who are, of course, thrilled. Um, I mean, when his show was taken off the air, the Pentagon applauded it. You had Pentagon workers talking to the Washington Post saying yeah. they're thrilled and good riddance. What, I mean, what else do you need? And, you know, as Tucker has said to me, perhaps it's just a case of if enough people call for you to be canceled and you don't have anyone super powerful in your corner, then, of course, you will be, and it's only a matter of time. You know, everyone knew that his show was going to eventually get taken off the air, but I think most people thought it would have been content-related. It would have been due to something he said, you know, on air, or some, some issue he just really annoyed someone. And perhaps that was the case here, but I don't think anyone thought that it would happen in this way, which was shrouded in such mystery and so sudden. I think most people thought that he would have had some bombshell, and then the next day his show got pulled off the air. In this right. case, it was just... It happened so abruptly and suddenly, and it's still so mysteriously. Absolutely. Okay, um, go back to Dominion for just a moment. A lot of people don't remember, because people tend to have short memories. After the November 2020 presidential election, Trump attorney Sidney Powell made a lot of claims. She claimed that Dominion Software had switched votes from Trump to Biden. Tucker asked for her to present her evidence. She refused to present any evidence, told his folks to stop contacting her. Tucker told us all about it on his show on Fox News Channel. So regardless of what verbiage Dominion uses in their legalese parsing, we didn't insist on me for whatever, why would he be the guy that Dominion wanted off the air in, in, in any sense if he was willing to say, well, you know, Sidney Powell doesn't come up with anything, which actually puts Dominion in, in a better light. So he, you're correct, and he, he took Sidney Powell to task live on air more than anyone else on Fox. And there are people at Fox who pushed this theory uh, way more strongly than Tucker did. Tucker didn't push it at all, actually. He questioned it. And those people all still have jobs and are still on Fox. And so why Tucker? Well, the alternative theory is that after the Dominion settlement, someone at Fox higher up wanted to lay down the law. They wanted to show who's the boss, and they wanted to scare the daylights out of everyone at Fox to get in line and behave themselves. And a way to do that would kick off their number one host. Again, thinking, we're Fox, we're going to be fine, people will be mad, and then in a week later, they'll forget about it. So this is the other theory, which also make, that makes a lot of sense to me, that um, it was simply a result of the settlement. They wanted to lay down the law and, and show who's boss. And, and current, certainly now everyone at Fox is terrified and worried about their jobs, and they're all seen as replaceable. And he, I think that whoever made this decision is wanting to remind everyone at Fox that they are all extremely replaceable, and they better... Uh, shape up or ship out. They want to make an example of him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, you're talking about how he propped up uh, cable news and the Fox News Channel for a few years. Um, there are a lot of us out here who think that there were massive irregularities in the 2020 presidential election. Um, maybe Dominion didn't switch votes if Sidney Powell couldn't come up with um, you know, any evidence to present to Tucker, but we have seen a bunch of other things that happened. And we don't think that we're strange people, we're conspiracy theorists to think that, uh, you know, maybe the election was stolen. So we didn't like how Fox handled it. We didn't like them calling Arizona early on election night. We didn't like them 
pronouncing Joe Biden president on that Saturday morning. Um, and then Sanders Smith getting upset when one of the guests said, well, he's not necessarily uh, president just because you say so. There are a lot of things we didn't like. Yeah. And so a lot of us just bailed on Fox. Uh, my wife and I realized, you know, that Turner Classic Movies channel, they got a lot of great movies on there. We've been meaning to watch for years. <laughs> and you can check the guide weeks in advance. <laughs> I love that. Yes. You can set it uh, 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 to uh, record and, and watch it at your leisure. Why don't we just start doing that? And then after a few months, a real good friend of mine started texting me on a regular basis. Doc, are you watching Tucker? Did you see what he just said? I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm off of Fox. I'm, no, seriously, you, you need it. And so Tucker, by what in radio they used to call the water cooler talk, was dragging us back into watching the Fox News channel. And slowly, slowly the ratings uh, started uh, recovering from late 2020. And the idea that upper management didn't get this is just amazing. Because you're right. I think he really did um, uh, extend the life of, if not cable news, definitely the Fox News channel. It's just, we're, we're all flabbergasted. Oh, yeah. Um, and and I, the Arizona debacle was such a yeah. huge insult to their audience that yeah. they lost. I mean, they would have been over then if it wasn't for Tucker Carlson, I believe. And uh, and as you just described, this is something that I also observed, and in, in especially now I think is true, is that, as much as everyone hate, basically hated Fox. I mean, they, they, conservative viewers, they're smart people. They're plugged into news and they knew that News Corp is this globalist multinational corporation owned by all these entities that are up to nefarious, horrible things that they disagree with and that Tucker called out nightly. Uh, yeah. But they would give the network the benefit of the doubt simply because they had Tucker on. They thought, okay, well, you know what? They can't be that bad if they're letting this guy speak, or at least they must have some independence if they're letting this guy speak. So he, he carried them through that Arizona thing, certainly, and everything else along the way. And um, there's not a question in my mind that Fox executives, when they saw their numbers bounce back from Arizona, did not think it was Tucker. They thought, well, we're just Fox, so everyone's coming back because they have nowhere else to go. So they have to come to us. That's what they're thinking. Um, yeah. And now it's clear that it was Tucker. It was, it was oh. Tucker uh, gave people permission to, be, to, to watch Fox for an hour a day, at least, and maybe before and after the show. I mean, how would I know that Zelensky, not just Putin's dictator, but Zelensky's a dictator too? How would I know unless Tucker had video of a guy who went to a grocery store in Moscow and actually whatever sanctions Biden administration has put on Russia aren't hurting the price of food or, or the supply in grocery stores in Russia? How would I know that Zelensky has been closing churches? Um, has thrown priests in prison, uh, shut down opposition media, um, outlawed opposition political parties. I wouldn't know any of this stuff if it weren't for Tucker Carlson. And so, again, like you alluded to moments ago, people are seeing this and they're going, okay, nobody else on this whole Fox News channel is saying this, but they're letting Tucker say it, so at least I'm going to watch Tucker and you know what? Oh, yeah, Jesse's got something good coming up, and maybe I'll check out the five. And and uh, and Gutfeld's funny. Speaking of Gutfeld, Chadwick, what the heck's going on? Well, he blocked me on Twitter, which was shocking and mean and childish. Um, 
I was <laughs> so after I announced this book, obviously I was I was well, maybe not obviously after I announced this book, I was I was pulled off all upcoming Fox appearances and became person non grata, just like Tucker, because nobody on Fox is allowed to say Tucker's name. But I was um, scheduled to be on, I, I was a regular monthly guest on Gutfeld. I was in the monthly rotation cycle. Sure. Um, and uh, I was supposed to be on this week on uh, this past week on Wednesday, May 31st. Um, within about an hour that I announced my book, they pulled me off that appearance like two weeks in advance. So I knew what was going on. I mean, the funny thing is, is that I, I, I knew they obviously wouldn't, promote the book and I didn't really care. I just kind of planned to show up and be respectful and have a good time. Like I usually do. I wasn't right. going to insist that they plug my book or make a stink about it or anything. Um, and if they had asked me politely, you know, like, Hey, you know, we can't really plug this book with the news. I would have said, yeah, I get it. That's fine. And I also kind of thought it would have been kind of punk and cool with Greg. Cause I know Greg is on Tucker's side on this stuff. Yeah. Uh, if he'd had me on and we don't talk about it, but then people look me up and they see the book that would have made Greg look really good. I think. Um, instead, they cowered. They pulled me off, and they made me just like uh, uh, you know, a person who doesn't exist, which is fine. I don't care. I don't. I've never made a cent from Fox News. Um, I don't really know what people get on being on Fox News if they're not being paid. I guess they get like I don't know prestige rights or like exposure, as they say. I don't, I've never really seen that translate into like a living. Like I can't eat exposure for dinner, so I don't really care. But yeah. uh, but now I'm definitely never going on Fox again, which is kind of a shame. And when Greg, I, I took to Twitter just to tell people like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, they won't even have me on Gutfeld. I've been a regular for two years. Um, Greg got really pissy about that, and he blocked me on Twitter. It seems a little juvenile, but okay. I'd love to talk to Greg about it. He won't, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has comedians on sometimes that I've never heard of before, and I'm like, it's Jamie Lissau guy with the crazy eyes. He's funny, you yeah. know, and a lot of people are are seeing that and going, well, yeah, yeah, if he was in my area, I would go see his stand-up. So maybe it works that way for the for the comedians. Right. But um, let me ask you, um, it has been reported that Tucker was planning on doing a big expose on the 60 Minutes Ray whitewash on his next show, the one he didn't get to do on Monday, April 24th, do you think his intention to do that and just blow it up on his Fox News Channel show might have had anything to do with the timing of that phone call from Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott saying, hey, thanks, see ya. Yeah, so that was, um, I mean, that was my, I, I saw his monologue that he was going to read, uh, and, and, I, and I put that out there. And it was about Ray Epps, and it was about January 6th, uh, and it was about the interview that Ray Epps gave the night before on 60 Minutes, uh, and it was also about AOC, uh, dark, darkly ironic turn of events. It was about AOC that weekend saying his show should be taken off the air and that he should perhaps be arrested for misinformation. Um, J6 really strikes a nerve with these people, doesn't it? Uh, it's, it's really interesting how much they lose their minds over coverage of J6 that goes against whatever the January 6th committee wants out there. Um, so, you know, from, from what I understand, um, the only people who saw that, aside from me, were Tucker's producers, which he sent to. I don't know if Suzanne Scott and them knew he was going to talk about that. Um, okay. It would be uncommon for them to see something that he that he wrote before he went on to air, but that's not to say that maybe some producer leaked it to them. But his team was really close, and like they didn't stab each other in the back. They all really liked each other. Um, so it's possible, of course, anything's possible, but from what I know of how they operate, um, it would be unusual if, if executives or management saw that before he read it on air. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
So when Tucker spoke about his epiphany, his realization that the media's job is not to inform you, but rather to work for the small group of people who actually run the world, I noticed watching that clip from that podcast, he did not take any pains to carve out an exemption for the straight news department at Fox News. (laughs) So they were obviously included, right? I mean, that. You know, that probably didn't set too well with uh, people like Bill Hemmer and Brett Baer and Suzanne Smith and, and John Roberts, uh, John Scott. I mean, did did that make for some tension in, in the uh, Fox News channel headquarters? Well, it, it's also just kind of perfectly in line with who Tucker is and has been his, old, his whole life since oh, yeah. childhood. Really, what I found out is he's a completely rapscallion. He's a total rapscallion, you know, a kind of mischievous little scamp who would certainly do something like that and not include his employer. Just like, well, oh, well, you know, they do good stuff there. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what the reaction around Fox was to that interview. But, um, you know, I think a lot of this stuff, if, if you were saying that on that podcast, you can probably get away with a lot on podcasts and outside um, cable news, because again, like these people in cable news, they're just so disconnected from how most Americans get their information and how most Americans live. They think they, they, and they're such snobs. They really are about like, you know, where they stand. They think that nothing that happened, that doesn't happen on Fox or in mainstream media doesn't matter. And that's, you know, even people at Fox who, who you might like their opinions. Um, okay, television in general is a place full of people who have, or have their heads so far up their rear ends. It's um, unbelievable. Uh, which is why, you know, it's not like me. I'm not super disappointed about probably never going on there again because, like, I would never want to work there. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I would want to work somewhere where some, like, gremlin in HR has, like, an oppo file on me that they're going to leave if I ever, like, cross the network or get laid off or whatever. So I think that's pretty much how cable works in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, nobody in particular comes to mind rather than Excuse me. Um, now, Wednesday on Fox News, just a couple of days before we're taping this, Trace Gallagher was filling in for uh, Martha McCallum. A little bit after 3.30 Eastern, he brought on uh, D.C.-based reporter David Spunt, who said, and I quote, As we know, Attorney General Merrick Garland follows and does things by the book explicitly. And I tweeted about it because I'm like, you didn't. Seriously, uh, there was no pushback <laughs> whatsoever on David Spunt's delusional assertion from Trace Gallagher, who has always seemed like kind of a stand-up guy to me. But they both know that is not true. They both know the Biden DOJ is totally politicized. Are they just under orders to lie about it? So I don't – to Fox's credit um, – it's not like CNN where – here's how CNN works. Every day they have their meeting with whoever the president happens to be at that time. I don't even know who it is right now. Um, and, you know, they look at the front page of the New York Times, and they say these are the stories that we're doing today, and this is our angle on it. And then every host and producer takes their marching orders to, you know, go on the air, and that's why every show it's the same stories, the same angle, just different faces reading it. To Fox's credit, Fox doesn't operate like that. Maybe it will start operating like that. I don't know. But it was very much left up to the the anchors and the producers to decide what they want to cover that day and what their angle is going to be. I would doubt that Fox would want 
there to be anything out there like a directive, which would have to be sent in like an email or, or a memo of some sort, because someone, I mean, would love to get their hands on that. But what I do think is you don't need a directive to make people say things like that. You just need to scare them perhaps by firing Tucker Carlson. And I think that any, when you're in a work environment like that, you can smell what's in the water and how you need to behave. So if you need to start kissing the throne, whether that's the throne of corporatism or the throne of the Biden administration, you don't need someone telling you you have to go on and say this. You just sort of know that you need to wink and nod at the camera. So for whoever's watching that controls your job, they can see that you've got the message and that you're going to fall into line. You know, it reminds me of the words of the great philosopher Hulk Hogan. Are you smoking, <laughs> <Hogan>, brother? <laughs> obviously, yes. they are. obviously they are. So I used to do a popular local talk radio show for a big company called Cumulus Media. Second biggest radio company in America. Uh, I was blessed to have filled in for uh, uh, Mark Levin's nationally syndicated radio talk show a number of times. Only reason I'm not still doing this was, you know, I wouldn't go with their vaccine mandate, but that's a whole other show. But when I reported, when I was still on local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, when I reported the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, admitted that COVID vaccines didn't necessarily protect people from catching COVID or stopping the spread, I realized that if I had reported that the day before, based on available evidence that was already out there, I could have been fired because I was under orders not to cast any aspersions on the vaccine. Similarly, when January 6th happened, immediately a memo came out, which somebody leaked to either the Washington Post or the New York Times. It got all over the media. Um, Cumulus radio hosts can no longer use the terms stolen election or stop the steal. That's a fireable offense. Okay. So I had all that in the back of my mind when Speaker McCarthy gave Tucker access to January 6th video a couple of months ago. Tucker presented a little bit of it on a Monday evening. He said, look, there's going to be more tomorrow night. The next morning, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer had a fit, demanded that Rupert Murdoch stop him from putting any more January 6th footage on the air. That evening, Tucker didn't play any new footage, but promised to play more Wednesday evening. Wednesday came and went. There was no more new January 6th footage, and I'm sitting there watching him still doing January 6th stories without the new footage, and I'm thinking, I think I know what he's dealing with here. Somebody said, you can't do this, and he's trying to do the best he can under constraints that, you know, I was a local talk radio guy. He's a national Fox News channel host. Making maybe you can say there's no comparison, there's no analogy. But I just, I just kind of felt for him. I'm like, they're doing this to him, and I just felt awful for him. And I, I don't know if you can comment on that, uh, but if you can, I, I'd love to know. Um, I guess I'm my only. And this is just an opinion based on what I know about what they had in the tapes and what they saw in the tapes is that I think that there's, they weren't given the goods. I don't think McCarthy released what needs to be seen. I don't think there's anything in there with the pipe bomber. Remember the pipe bomber? Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think there's anything in there with that. I don't think there was stuff. I, I think they got all this footage, but I don't think it, it, it was the real bombshells that was in that. I think those are still somewhere that have not been released. Okay. Because, I mean, a lot of us have seen on Twitter uh, footage of a woman named Victoria White being viciously beaten by police in the um, 
the, the entrance to the tunnel, the, the lower west uh, terrace. Um, and uh, we were hoping to see some things like that. Um, but I, I just didn't, you know, the timing of, well, McConnell saying, well, I think it was a big mistake. Uh, <laughs> made. And then Chuck Schumer just going nuts and demanding that Rupert Murdoch stop him. I was just thinking, Tucker's a good guy. He wants to do it. Somebody's not letting this happen. I will say one thing, though, that a lot of people aren't aware of. You may be aware of it. I don't know. Um, you remember the uh, the social media app Parler? Yes. Um, they were sh- basically shut down. Google and Apple both took them off of their um, cell phone stores two days after January 6th. And people had uploaded hundreds of hours of video of what was happening on Capitol Hill on January 6th. Um, and then two days later, you can't get to it anymore. Uh, but this website, I think it's called ProPublica.org, has all that. And, you know, it's not the official security camera video from, you know, the government. You know, security cameras all over the Capitol but it's a lot of stuff that people just took, and I don't have hundreds of hours to go through all that stuff, but it might be something that that somebody would want to at some point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not – I would imagine – I don't know, but I would imagine that Tucker's team took all that with them. So when they reemerge, hopefully they'll be – I don't think that's like the property of Fox News, but maybe it is, to be honest, because those contracts can be insane. So it could be – maybe it's a property of Fox News now. Um, I simply don't know, uh, but you mean the you mean the the security camera video footage that McCarthy gave them access to? Because this parlor stuff is stuff that people just took, and he could do something with that that might really surprise people. Yeah, well, if I mean ProPublica is like super left wing. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. They, they probably burned it, if you can, if there's anything in there. No, I mean, uh, it's 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 still out there. I, I don't know. I know there's well, some crazies, but there are also muckrakers, and, you know, who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Coming up, the conclusion of our interview with Tucker Carlson biographer Chadwick Moore. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. They don't tend to depreciate over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. Andrew Sorcini with Beverly Hills Precious Metals has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Beverly Hills Precious Metals brings precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Mike Flynn told us about them, and they are our gold buyer of choice. To find out more, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Make sure you ask about the general Mike Flynn silver coin and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Beverly Hills Precious Metals helps folks protect their finances, wealth, and investments. If you want to drop your big liberal cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile 
America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier is a perfect solution. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. And switching to Patriot Mobile usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you shift your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Let me ask you something. Why continue shopping big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now you can get around this crazy inflation by shopping factory direct at a family-owned made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big box conglomerates and deciding to buy only USA. Join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. These products include fresh American-raised beef, raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone. This beef is known as never ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Email us at buyonlyusa at proton.me, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buyonlyusa at proton.me. All right, here's the conclusion of our interview with Tucker Carlson biographer Chadwick Moore. But one of the things I think that a lot of us are looking forward to is even to the extent that Tucker uh, on, on Fox News Channel and any cable news network spoke his mind freely, now there really are no constraints. So I, I understand he's going to try Twitter out. Who knows what else he, he might do. But we're really looking forward to uh, seeing what's out there. Um, I, I got to ask you about one thing. There's a uh, there's a guy on Twitter who goes by Ram Rant or Ram Rants, and in early 2017 he said he did a thread. It is still it's still the uh, is is pinned tweet. All these years later, he says it's about time we deal with open sexual predator Joe Biden. So every two years, and I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if Tucker's seen it. I don't know if anybody in Fox News has seen it. But every two years. Uh, when it's time to swear in new United States senators or U.S. senators who have been reelected, the vice president gets to do the swearing in, and the whole family comes up, sometimes three generations, put your hand on the Bible. So Joe Biden got to do this four times as vice president for Obama. And so he would say, okay, everybody look up the cameras, and while everybody's looking at the cameras, he'll be manhandling little girls. And it's one C-SPAN, and the video's out there. 
It's it's Ram Rants, R-A-M-R-A-N-T-S. And there's this long thread, and you got all this stuff. And I remember seeing it, and I'm thinking, good grief, this guy should be in prison. This guy should be. And, and, and I think the only one who caught him, uh, Jeff Sessions, apparently has uh, uh, adopted uh, Chinese or Korean uh, granddaughters, and he sees uh, Joe Biden going like this. He just kind of batted his hand away, like, like keep, oh, oh, yeah. keep away from him. But most of the folks seemed to not realize what was going on or when Joe Biden was saying, hey, bring her over here for the picture. Oh, everybody's kind of like uh, joking or whatever. Anyway, that that's something somebody might want to look at it at, at some point. Um, but what how do you think what Tucker is planning to do will be different from what he has done before? Well, I hope he still has a show at eight o'clock. Um, cause I think that would be great. Uh, I hope that, I, I don't know what the show looks like. I know they're now rebuilding his studio because Fox came in and ripped everything out. The one in Maine. Uh, yeah. and I mean, which I guess if it's their property, I guess they can do that, of course, but, uh, he's rebuilding that. It just seems like a, a messy divorce. It's kind of bad optics, but, um, uh, you know, I think he was so good in that format. I hope he sticks to it, but I don't know how well you can do that without the, the, you know, Leviathan of Fox news behind you. Um, but he was so good at that at that at that format and the and the and the style of cable news where do his monologue and then have a guest and and his guests were on very quickly. Um, I don't know what what it's going to look like. I'm excited to see. Um, and you know, I hope he turns this into a media company. I hope it's not just. I hope he has you know lots of shows. I hope it becomes its own channel. I think that would be. Um, I think it'd be great. I think people would like to see that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us would. Now, uh, Megan Kelly, on again on her podcast, has said what Fox News Channel executives don't realize is that you know, regardless if they're paying him twenty million a year, or whatever he can make more money uh, being on his own. I hope that's true. I'm not smart enough to figure out how you would monetize going on Twitter. You know, like you, I would hope he does his independent uh, media company. Um, there was a report. I think it was TMZ reported a while back that Newsmax said, tell you what, not only will we give you a lot of money, but we'll let you program our whole channel. So if you think the guy on at Newton Eastern uh, isn't really, you know, up to snuff and you got somebody else in mind, then we'll just kind of let you replace hosts and do all this kind of stuff. Do you think that was, if that's true, uh, do you think that would be an attractive offer for Tucker? I don't know. I mean, it's, I saw that too. I think that's kind of amazing. I, I feel like he's at a point now where he's done having bosses. Um, and I believe he might may have said that to me. Um, uh, but I think he's at a point now that he's been through all three cable networks. He also had a show on PBS uh, a long time ago, which most people yeah. don't know. And, yeah. um, I think he's, I think he's ready to be his own boss. You know, yeah. I think this was kind of it. Um, so as much as that would be nice for Newsmax, um, and, and I've, I've certainly been watching a lot of Newsmax lately. Um, I think that's where he is in his life, you know? Sure, sure. Well, you know, Glenn Beck decided to be his own boss and start the blaze, and it did really well. Uh, Tucker also is a singular voice and has a vision uh, for what he wants to do. And, you know, if he wants to start uh, TCB, <laughs> you know, yeah. God bless him. Uh, we really appreciate uh, everything he has done. Um 
I guess before, before we let you run, where does the hour go? Um, how, how did you get this gig of being allowed to have all this access to Tucker and the family and the friends and the producers and everything? And how did Tucker decide, you know, this Chadwick Moore guy, I think he'd be good to do my biography. Well, he didn't. Um, it, so I'm an independent biographer. It's not an authorized biography. And, uh, you know, so we approached him, um, my publisher, All Seasons. Uh, there's an editor there, Harry Stein. He's my editor, who I, I just really think he's a brilliant, talented, wonderful man. I briefly worked with him um, on when he edited a blog, and he called me up and said, um, I'm in All Seasons now, and we want to do a book on Tucker Carlson, and we want you to write it. And I at first was like, really, me? Like, you know, no. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, I love your writing, and we want someone who has a relationship with Tucker already. And my relationship with Tucker at that time was just only being a guest on his show, and he would occasionally text me. Um, and he, he got my number from one of his producers, and would if I wrote something that he liked for the spectator, he would text me and be like, "This is you know, you, and he's very complimentary and nice." And I, that was when I sort of knew he wasn't like most people in television because why would he text me? I'm just some guy in a show comes on to make fun of AOC for two minutes, you know. Yeah, and right. um, he started texting me. I remember the first time, "Hey, this is Tucker Carlson. Love this thing you wrote." And I was like, "Wow, okay." Um, so he, that was had been my relationship with him for several years, and. Um, so I, I said to my editor, you know, let me call Tucker and see what he thinks about it. And um, uh, I called him up, and, and he at first was like, well, you know, he, he said to me, you know, well, I'm really boring. I'm not very interesting. And, and I'm like, well, I think, I think a lot of people would disagree with you on that. And, and he was like, well, I don't really – like, he's like, I don't read anything written about me. I've never read anything written about me. So I said, well, you know, maybe it's not a good idea. Thanks for your time. And, and he said, well, you know, but wait a minute. Like, you know, I, I, I really like your work and I think you're a good writer. And he's like, well, you know, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Sure. Go for it. Wow. So that was, um, spring, early spring of last year. So since then we were kind of off to the races and I didn't really know how he was going to make himself available to me. I was always very like, I don't want to consume his time too much, you know, but, but as I quickly learned, he was always open. Anytime I wanted to come down, um, you know, if I, you know, early on, like, hey, do you mind if you give me your dad's phone number? Sure, here it is. I'm like, oh, well, that was easy. Okay. Um, and uh, he hasn't seen a word of the book. He hasn't asked to see a word of the book. I mean, he's put so much trust into me. I hope that I haven't let him down. But yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what we did. I think we did a good book. And, and um, you know, I think the goal is to just have it have some shelf life, you know, have it uh, not to be a dated work, but something that could last through the ages uh, that is just – who is this guy and what's his story and what's he like? Great. Fantastic. Well, Chadwick Moore, uh, people can pre-order the book right now at uh, TuckerTheBook.com, right? Uh, that's right. TuckerTheBook.com uh, or anywhere books are sold, you can find it. Um, Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble. If you don't want to give your money to Jeff Bezos, you can order it straight from the publisher at, at that website, TuckerTheBook.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Chadwick Moore, thank you so much for uh, coming on the program. Give Tucker Carlson our best. And uh, as we say here in the South, y'all come see us. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Our Tweet of the Day is brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Tweet of the day. Today's tweet of the day is from a gentleman named Gary Gerhardt Goban. 
And he has a picture of President Calvin Coolidge from, gosh, almost 100 years ago. And there's a quote from Calvin Coolidge. And Gary Gerhard Goban says, read this in an old-time radio voice from the 1920s. I did. Just couldn't help it. So we're going to give it a shot. Unless the people, through unified action, arise and take charge of their government, they will find that their government has taken charge of them. Independence and liberty will be gone, and the general public will find itself in a condition of servitude to an aggregation of organized and selfish interest. He was a prophet, I guess. I can certainly relate. Tweet of the day. You've been listening to episode 389 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Simpier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is. Friday, June 2nd, 2023.